Okay. Oh my gosh. My computer decided to just shut down and stop working. Just like the death of Steve Jobs, the death of his technology came right after him. It's very sad. Apple used to be amazing, didn't they? Gosh, good old days. Anyway, we've got so much to get to today. I hope that you guys can hear me nice and clearly now. Um, so look, In-N-Out Burger is putting their foot down and saying, we don't care about your tyrannical policies, San Francisco. We're not going to force our customers to show their medical information. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about that topic as well as the FDA's new mix and match policy and how it clashes with the CDC's currently po current policy up on its website. But yes, yes, you can mix and match several of your favorite <laughs> shots. And we're not talking about alcohol here. That's uh, This is San Pellegrino, by the way. Okay, in other news, uh, we're talking about Southwest Airlines and their walkout and what uh, the mainstream media is not telling you about. The corporate news is not telling you some things, so we are going to get into some of that. Uh, what's really going on with the photos of the empty store shelves that you're seeing around America? Also, a new Senate bill calls for migrants to be processed processed further into the interior of the Amer of America, but the locations where that migrant processing would happen, you're going to find pretty interesting. This bill is introduced by Senator Ted Cruz. Also, Biden's shop mandates and how they could bankrupt companies now. Those fines are a lot steeper than we had thought. And, um, you know, if if a certain spending bill with some certain details that were tucked away on page like 168 goes through uh, in this next week or two, it's going to be a huge whammy for corporations who don't fall through with Biden's shop mandate. So we're going to get into that as well. Uh, and then uh, you may have seen some headlines about some crazy death numbers out of Pennsylvania, people who've had the shot and then and then died of the virus. So we're going to get into that. Also, Texas has decided Delta 8 is illegal. That is a that is a huge blow to business when we're talking about the hemp and um, and cannabis industry. My body, my choice. Right. Uh, not in Texas. We'll get into that as well. But first, I'm thrilled to talk about this wonderful new partnership with uh, Noble Gold. Tapering is a word that's being used a lot right now, isn't it? It's a Fed code word for taking money from your pocket. Janet Yellen predicted we would never witness a new financial crisis, but the Fed owes over $30 trillion now. Stop your money being taken by creating a precious metal IRA or 401k with Noble Gold. They're giving away a free five-ounce five solid silver America, the beautiful bullion coin, with each qualifying plan that you start this month as a thank you. Call 877-646-5347 or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. The link in my description is going to get you that free bullion coin. See, you see what it looks like? Yeah. Look, precious metal invest investing is not a bad idea right now with this crazy inflation. I also invested in crypto, you guys. Okay, so let's get into this uh, this headline here. 
San Francisco shuts down in and out, in and out for not enforcing jab mandate. Quote from the business, we refuse to become the shot police. Okay, this is a Fox News headline. The city of San Francisco temporarily closed an in-and-out fast food restaurant over the company's refusal to force customers to prove they had the shot. The San Francisco Department of Public Health closed the Fisherman's Wharf in-and-out location on October 14th after the popular burger joint did not check the shot status of customers, which violates an August mandate from the city requiring indoor diners to show proof of the shot. In-and-out, which operates 358 locations across the western United States, is owned by devout Christian Lindsay Snyder and is well known for including Bible verses at the bottom of sodas and milkshake cups. Did you guys know that? I I didn't know. I've only eaten at In-and-out once, and I thought I thought it tasted the same as other fast food. So I didn't go back, but I know a lot of people are are eating there, posting pictures of eating there today because they are so excited about this stand this company is taking. Any company that sticks their neck out right now and takes a stand like that is actually a huge marketing move. I mean, people are going to flock to that. Even people who've had the shot, who just like freedom, are going to go out to that business and support them these days, I think. So uh, quote from quote from In-N-Out Burger, they said, our store properly and clearly posted signage to communicate local violate uh, local shot requirements is what the company said after closing our restaurant local regulators informed us that our restaurant associates must actively intervene by demanding proof of the shot and photo identification from every customer then act as enforcement personnel by barring entry for any customers without the proper documentation. We refuse to become the shot police for any government. Okay. So they, that's what they said. They are taking a hard stand and people are celebrating it. Everyone, people are telling everyone to go, go eat at in and out. What do you guys think? Are you guys eating at in and out tonight? Um, so this was only the San Francisco location and I don't know if every in and out is, 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 um, you know, if their staff is that loving of freedom, but most in and outs are not in cities that force the staff to do the police work. Um, it's really interesting how these mandates are being enforced by forcing businesses to do the dirty work now. And governments quickly learned how, that that was the mood they had to take. Unfortunately, last year I watched it happen in Houston when I was reporting for Fox. Um, the, the, the county dictator, Lena Hidalgo, uh, straight up said, uh, you know, she passed the first mandate saying, okay, uh, masks must be worn in businesses. And if, if you walk into a business without a mask, police are going to go fine or arrest you. And police were like, ha ha, no, we're not, Lena. We're not going to be your bad guys. And so nobody followed the initial mask mandate because it was, it was, uh, the discipline was uh, being placed on the individual instead of the business. So then they got smart about it, sadly. And they said, oh, uh, we're going to now, fine the business if it allows customers in without masks 
And that is where they had success because the businesses didn't want to lose money. And then they had had um, health officials go in and check the businesses so that the police who didn't want to uh, violate the Constitution or whatever <laughs> were out of the picture. <laughs> so so that's how we're seeing these um, agencies get away. You know, these these local jurisdictions get away with um, out of control um, tyrannical moves like, like we've almost never seen before. Although mass mandates were enacted in San Francisco back in during the Spanish flu of 1918, there's articles about that that are pretty interesting. Mask mandates, people were just as viciously opposed to those back then as now. Um, okay. Moving right along to mixing and matching of the shots. The Derna, the John, the uh, um, the Phi. Um, the FDA now says it's fine to mix those guys. You know, whichever one, whichever one you got first, you want to try another one. That is a okay. Uh, there is going to be um, a review of this with this with the CDC this week to make sure they're really going through with this, but. Uh, this Wall Street Journal article says uh, U.S. health regulators uh, significantly widened the nation's COVID-19 boost campaign, clearing use of extra doses of Derna and John shots, and also saying people can get a shot that is different from what they had previously received. The moves announced by the Food and Drug Administration on Wednesday will make boost available to the majority of adults who have been fully shotted and have passed the recommended waiting period. Okay. So here it says any adult who got a, a John shot may get a boost from Phi from Derna or John at least two months after the single dose shot. So, you have to wait a minimum of two, two months, and then you can get whatever shot you want if you started with John. Now, if you started with uh, Phi or Derna, you're going to have to wait six months, and then you can get the second shot. So what made them come up with this? I mean, when, how, what led to this? <laughs> what led to this? Because initially they were saying you cannot mix. They were specifically saying you cannot go get another. There were, there were all these guidelines that for healthcare providers to make sure that you, your second shot was exactly the same brand as the first one. And now out of the blue, it's like, Oh no, no, no just, just whatever, whichever one's, you know, you're feeling whatever one you're feeling. Um, so the CDC advisory panel is scheduled to meet Thursday, tomorrow, uh, to talk more about this. Uh, it's interesting. Derna booster will be half the dose of each of the first two shots. So, you know, that little vial is going to be half full now, you know, so to speak. They're, you're getting half as much liquid in your arm. 
Um, why are they doing that? Let's get into the studies. Wall Street Journal, you're talking, it's a very lengthy article here. Where, where's the study details that shows this is, this is legit? The John Booster shot has the same dosage as the first. So you're getting the same it, with that one. But Derna, you're cutting the amount of liquid that's being injected into your arm according to this Wall Street Journal article. Um, okay, they get into one issue observed in a small percentage of people, especially young males, uh, was that Derna led to serious health, heart conditions. Um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Phi did as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, the study evaluating a boost dose was too small to properly assess the heart risk. Dora Fink, a deputy director at FDA's vaccine division, said at an advisory committee hearing last week. So they don't know. With these, with these boost shots you're getting, they don't have information on, on this heart risk. Just like they didn't have information on the heart risk when they said, quote, the shot is safe and 100% effective for kids in their teens. And the dad I covered saw that and said, okay, Junior, let's sign you up. And then his, his son died. So then about he said about two weeks later is when the news caught up and said, oh, okay, the studies are showing, you know, more and more people are having heart issues. But People just, I, I wish they would include in these articles just crystal clarity that this is really evolving. You are a part of the study. Just be aware that if you go to get this, there's very little data on this. You are a part of the study. Okay, if they would just be really transparent about this, these articles wouldn't creep me out so bad. <laughs> okay, so far 10 million people in the U.S. have, uh, have gotten their, their boost shots. There's more people getting their boost shots than getting their first or second uh, doses right now. The mix and max, the mix and match decision, according to Wall Street Journal, is informed by a National Institutes of Health study showing that receiving a different shot than the original one received boosted an ana, boosted the antibody levels across all three shot types, but particular amongst the John recipients. So if you back in April opted for John for the J, you're in luck. You're going to have the most antibodies now by switching to one of these uh, R to the N to the A shots. You know what I'm saying? Try not to trigger the YouTube bots right now. Uh, YouTube doesn't like this topic, but we got to talk about it. <laughs> so many fans of Brandon in my comment section. All right. Brandon is a popular guy. Uh, one key question regulators are still working on is whether people who received the Phi or the John should get a 100 microgram or 50 microgram boost dose of Derna if they opt to receive it, one of the people familiar with the matter said, well, I love when they quote their sources like that. So now 
NIH study informed the FDA's decision uh, only tested boosting with 100 micrograms of DERNA. The NIH study found that an additional dose of the same vaccine as a primary series boosted antibody levels 4 to 20 fold while mixing and matching primary shot and boost dose boosted antibody levels 6 to 76 fold. So actually mixing and matching could even be better. But it's really interesting here. It says here, people who originally got two 100 microgram doses of Derna will receive a 50 microgram boost. So they're cutting your boost shot in half. You're getting less liquid in your arm. But it goes on to say that the study that looked at the effects of the shot on people who've had it three times it only tested people who got a hundred micrograms. So the full shot size, and now they're recommending, they're just saying, okay, we're going to cut in half. I don't know guys. Now, if you check the CDC website right now, it says quote COVID shot products are not interchangeable. I'm trying not to say the trigger words shot products are not interchangeable. It specifically says on, on the CDC website, and then they go way into depths about uh, how to make sure that your patient is getting the exact same brand of the shot that they got before. You must ensure this because you cannot mix and match. A CDC website still says that today. They got to hurry up and update that so everybody's on the same page. (laughs) Um, What do you know? What do you know? Very interesting times, guys. Have have the bots found me? You're you're saying they have. Uh, My stream is getting interrupted. That's a crying shame. That is too bad. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Okay, moving right along. Southwest Airlines debacle, debacle is a systematic of bigger pandemic problems. The Hill is admitting there there were issues uh, related to this walkout having to do with the shot, okay? Quote, Southwest employees not showing up for work is effectively a strike. Using sick time benefits means that employees can be paid while coordinated coordinating their efforts to send a message about the shot. Such a systematic process can be used periodically to communicate their displeasure with any company policy, including the current shot mandate. Isn't it incredible how the, how the corporate news downplayed this story? It was like, oh, no, these crazy rumors about being shot related. Well, guess what? This week in Dallas, Southwest employees went out and picketed including pilots specifically saying this is about the shot. <laughs> okay. October 5th, the company said, you guys were, we're laying down the hammer. You guys have to get the shot. And then it was that very weekend that people went, uh, walked out, didn't show up. And there were two, 2000 canceled flights. Uh, let me play you a clip from, uh, from this week, Southwest employees out picketing, and uh, this is a pilot. This is a pilot speaking. I'm just going to show a clip that doesn't trigger the bots. 
Medical tyranny should be allowed at Southwest Airlines. We're the love airline, the airline of freedom. Our slogan is freedom, and yet our, our executive management is trying to take away our freedoms of choice. What would your message to President Joe Biden be? <laughs> I think it's very clear. Joe Biden needs to start standing up for America and not for the, uh, the foreign nationals that are supporting him. Yeah, so he, he said... No medical tyranny is what he's saying at the beginning there. So, I mean, and and that's what all the signs these people were holding uh, said. And Yahoo News covered this. It's I looked through corporate news didn't cover this picketing. Local news covered it a lot. This protest of Southwest employees specifically about the shot. Yahoo News picked it up. Oh, actually, it's funny. So. How, how corporate news works is a lot of these local stations are affiliated with CNN. So they film the stuff on the ground and then they feed it up to CNN. Uh, they feed their video into CNN News Source is what it's called. And CNN News Source then can bring that video up onto CNN uh, Network TV News or, or send it back down to other local stations who want to take it. And I saw that this footage, it was covered by a CNN-affiliated local station who sent it up to CNN, but it didn't, CNN, it's not on their website. <laughs> CNN didn't, uh, didn't want to pick that story up, but it says here, uh, we're telling our CEO, our CEO to stand up for Texas, stand up, stand up for our freedom of choice. Messages on the signs included quote, terminate the mandate, no shot, no job and, uh, no, or no shot for jobs. And then, uh, freedom, not force uh, is what the local news there is reporting. So uh, apparently part of the issue, now there are a lot of issues going on at, at Southwest prior to this. And I know a lot of companies, COVID has thrown a wrench into them. So it's probably a culmination of things. And then laying down the hammer on the shop mandate on October 5th, was the final straw of like, screw you, we're walking out. Now, apparently, I was just told by a source today that Southwest and American Airlines specifically told their employees last year they would not be subjected to mandates like this. The other airlines told their employees to be prepared because you probably are going to be subjected. So basically, Southwest and American prepared their employees for freedom of choice and then switched around and said, just kidding, here's a mandate, which can lead to more of a more of a want to protest than had you been uh, prepared that you're not going to have much choice ahead of time. Um, it was really interesting looking at the uh, Southwest Airlines Pilot Association, the Union for the Pilots. They issued a statement on October 5th, which was before the walkout, that, that w- was really a disgruntled statement statement that it's clear in the statement that the pilots association is not happy with the airline and they are against forced shots. This it's a lengthy statement that spells this out. They're saying, yeah, the airline just laid down the hammer. We're not okay with this. We've been telling them we're not okay with this. We're not anti-shot, but we do believe that under all circumstances, it is our role to represent the health and safety of our pilots and bring their concerns to the company, it says here. 
this announcement and lack of detail only fuels a growing divide that continues to erode the already strained relationship. Um, so it goes into depth here and they're very, basically very against, I mean, just pilots reading this statement from their association, I could see how they'd be like, well, screw you. I'm not, I'm not going back to work. So it was just days after they put out this statement that, that there was that walkout. Um, and then the pilots association backpedals and is like, Oh no, 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 we're sorry. We, uh, you know, our pilots are not doing this over the shot. Their last statement was all about the shot. And now they're saying, Oh no, 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 no. It's not about the shot. No, no. And, um, and they kind of backpedal a lot. So it's just, it, it seems a lot of politics. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah, Southwest pilots were out there picketing this week. And uh, it appears that this was definitely about the shot. Look, all Southwest employees are different. I heard from a, a flight attendant who who says this is being over. Uh, it, basically, it's really being spun by the right wing media. And it's not as much about the shot, she thinks, because there are other staffing issues right now in the pandemic. Um, so those, those staffers picketing clearly showed that for them, it was about the shot. Okay. Now let's talk about the global supply chain and empty store shelves. Um, how many of you guys have empty store shelves at your, at your local grocery store? Does anyone have an empty, empty store shelves? I myself, I, I am one who has seen all of the store shelf photos online. It's looking like we're back in March of 2020. Um, and I'm not seeing it in my local grocery stores. You guys are saying it's all hype. 10% are empty. Yeah, I would believe that maybe 10% are empty. Uh, your gas station ran out of fuel last week. Wow. Shelves full here. Shelves in Massachusetts are bare. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So look at this ABC article. Uh, global supply chain problems not leading to empty uh, are, are now leading to empty shelves at grocery stores. Okay. Now grocery stores are again dealing with empty shelves. Pet food, diapers, frozen dinners, spices, and chicken are some of the items local grocery stores are listing as being in short supply. So the backlog of container ships at the Port of Los Angeles is a good indicator of the problem. Inland Empire economist John Hussing said one of the reasons for the backlog at American ports is a change in consumer spending patterns during the pandemic. The lack of truck drivers working right now because so many of them either lost work or retired during the pandemic means it's taking a lot longer for goods to reach their destinations. People don't want to drive truck. Driving truck is really good money, actually. Uh, my brother does it. My uncle does it. And, um, you know, sometimes... That, uh, that Biden paycheck, it used to be the Trump check in the pandemic. Now it's the Biden check. 
um, it can, it can pay very well as well. And I wonder if that has to do with it. Buddha judge acknowledges the shortage of truck drivers and the need to hire more of them. He said one example of how the Biden administration is working to fix these problems is how officials are urging DMVs around the country to streamline the process by which prospective drivers obtain commercial vehicle licenses. The more red tape we can cut out of the process of getting those commercial driver's licenses, the more we can get drivers on the road and make it possible for them to add to our supply capacity. Judge thinks that this is... Um, our, basically, our economy is just booming so much, he said in one soundbite, that, um, you know, those ships at the Port of Los Angeles are overloaded with more supplies than ever. They just can't even keep up with all the people who are buying in this amazing economy, according to Buttigieg. <laughs> Uh, when asked how long the backlog of container ships at places like Port of Los Angeles might last, Buddha Judge said the problem likely wouldn't uh, ease before Christmas. You can definitely expect the issue that we've been seeing over the course of the pandemic will continue in the months to come and going into the next year, Buddha Judge said. Ooh, so I have a I have a local news report. Um, sometimes you can get closer to the truth when, with the local news. It's not as controlled by the narrative <laughs> sometimes. So I found this interesting uh, Flint, Michigan local news report on this topic of empty store shelves. They found a store with empty shelves. Take a listen. Happening now, mid-Michigan grocery stores and customers are feeling the strain of a nationwide supply chain shortage. As our Siri Hardman reports, experts say shortages are due to record-level congestion at the Port of Los Angeles that has spread to other parts of the country, including right here in mid-Michigan. Supplies very short on the meat, milk, everything else. Sam Hina takes a walk around his grocery store, the Royal Fresh Marketplace in Flint, on this Sunday. Some of the shelves are empty and have been that way for a while. A lot of like Capri Sun, Kool-Aid, stuff like that. Nobody has anything. Gatorade, you can't get none. I mean, everything, all that drink stuff, all that, you know, we're hoping, you know, we can get the water. Sometimes we can't even get water. Hana is not the only grocer struggling to meet the needs of his customers right now. Uh, you know, sometimes I had a customer, they were asking me some of the stuff. I had to go to Myers to get that stuff. Even at Myers, they don't have it. <laughs> Wow. So there are some empty store shelves and they showed some, they showed some video of this guy's shelves looking kind of bare as ABC 12 in Flint, Michigan. Uh, but then this uh, report from the independent says, look, we did uh, reverse image searching on Google, which by the way is a pretty neat little trick that you can do if you've ever tried uh reverse image searching. You upload a photo on Google and see where else it has showed up. And they've done this with the empty store shelf photos. And they found that some of the photos going viral right now are like from the pandemic or from when a hurricane's coming. Uh, and they're just being recycled right now by people who just want to create a viral image. So I always keep that in mind with these memes. You, you never know if one of these meme photos is legit. And um, I guess some of these, some of these images are recycled. Okay, 
But do you guys remember this summer? You may have seen some viral posts from farmers in Nebraska who were receiving government mail asking them to dispose of certain crops. And these these farmers were TikToking their stories of having to mow down their crops and throw their crops away and being paid by the government to do so. That wouldn't be contributing to the shortage of, of food, would it, that we're now seeing right now? I don't know. That was really weird to see. Um, and the doctor or the, the farmers are showing uh, this, this official government mail uh, with maps from the government pointing out where to, you know, which acreage to mow down and dispose of instead of actually harvesting and selling the crops, government paying farmers to get rid of crops. This is Netley and Farmer. Netley and Farmer on TikTok. USDA. Along with a letter, I had to sign for a certified package, um, which included these these two uh, binders, and then of course this three-ring binder on how to properly dispose of your crops. And as you can tell, Nebraska. And as you can tell, um, this here is the affected area in my section of the county, um, closest town. And of course, you can't run away. They even know where you live. So from the county tracks, then they break it down into these individual farm tracks that you have to destroy. And you can see the, the crop and the field. So, field maps I've shown you was all contractor corn to Anheuser-Busch. It was to be shipped to the Colorado brewery for the production of bush light. If I was you, I'd be getting stocked up on bush light. <laughs> So that was for bush light. Stock up on bush light. Yeah, I don't know if, if any of the supply shortage is connected, but that was just, that was strange that I saw from multiple farmers. Uh, and I was, I wanted to fly out to Nebraska and cover it in person. I didn't get the chance to this summer. It was crazier for me with me leaving Fox. But yeah, multiple farmers like showing their documentation and saying we are being paid to dispose of our crops instead of sell them. Okay, on to on to the border surge um, and this new bill introduced in the U.S. Senate that would move migrant processing centers from the border further inland. It's been introduced by Senator Ted Cruz. And uh, look at this uh, Newsmax headline. Ted Cruz on Tuesday introduced a bill to bring processing centers for migrants to where the, quote, Democrat elites host their cocktail parties. Uh, it's the Stop the Surge Act, and Ted Cruz wants to move migrant processing centers to Napa Valley, California, Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, if I'm pronouncing that right, and North Hero, Vermont. Yes, that is where the Democrat elites like to have cocktail parties, he says. And he says that that's basically the only way to get this problem solved is if it's staring Democrats in the face. So he has officially introduced this bill. Uh, let's see. He says, quote, I am introducing this crucial legislation to alleviate the massive overload at the southern border by establishing new ports of entry in Democrat-led communities, 
such as North Hero, Vermont, where Bernie Sanders spends his summers, and Martha's Vineyard, where Democrat elites host their cocktail parties. Can you imagine like a tent city uh, and lines of migrants in Martha's Vineyard? Uh, pretty, pretty interesting idea. More than 1.5 million migrants overall were encountered at the U.S.-Mexico border just in the 12 months uh, between last September and this September. That's a lot. Um, also, another thing that Newsmax covered today was just, you know, who all, who all's coming through? It's it's from dozens and do- people from dozens and dozens of nations are coming through the U.S. southern border, not just Central America. Look, if someone doesn't want to deal with the rigmarole of coming through legally, they fly to Central America from whatever continent they're originally from, and they come right up on land. And that's what you're seeing happen. And uh, and this was a very interesting clip from uh, Newsmax Today anchor Sean Kreisman where potentially tens of thousands more are headed this way. And then you have this, Congressman Gonzalez saying 52 were arrested with ties to Al-Qaeda. Listen to this. She goes, you know, there there's over 100,000 migrants coming through Panama on their way to the United States as we speak. And we start talking about that. But I ask her one, one specific question. Have you caught anybody on the terrorist watch list? And she goes, funny you ask that, Tony, because in Panama, we do biometrics and we have apprehended 52 people that have been associated, that are associated with Al-Qaeda. 52 Al-Qaeda associates. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. So, you know, just some of the people flowing through our southern border. And look, when I, I did... The border is one place I did get down to this year, and it stunned me to see that Border Patrol is being ordered by the Biden administration to traffic migrants in. That's what's being happened. There, there, what's happening? Um, there's more and more loopholes for migrants to uh, to basically get a notice to appear. So that they can cross the border illegally, they're stopped. Sometimes they they go out in a super open place and just sit there and wait for Border Patrol to come get them because they know they'll be escorted in by Border Patrol. Um, So a lot of these migrants, they want to be caught by Border Patrol because their family and friends are saying, Border Patrol rocks. They put us on a bus. They gave us a plane ticket and they shipped us into the heart of America. And I went down and covered this and I I saw it happen. It was stunning. Um, So... If you have a, a cousin, uh, you know, you're from Guatemala, your Guatemalan cousin now lives in Vermont or something. You come you come sneak across the border and uh, Border Patrol stops you and says, what you're doing here? And they, you say, well, I'm just trying to reunite with my family in Vermont. And they say, OK, well, here's a notice to appear. And um, then you can figure it out. And then they take in the meantime, go to Catholic Charity Shelter. And they'll help you. So they, they, Border Patrol puts them on a bus to Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities gives them a manila envelope um, with plane tickets in there. And then the people go uh, on, a, on a taxi. Um, Catholic Charities actually gets them a taxi to the airport. I watched this happen um, with their little manila envelope that has the clear writing of when their flight departs. 
I photographed this. It's on my website, ivoryhecker.com, linked in description. And these people flood into the airports. And my sources from all over have sent me photos of like, yeah, I was sitting next to a migrant who just crossed the border. They have one of those big manila envelopes with uh, their flight details. Anyway, so... Border Patrol is facilitating this trafficking of countless migrants into the U.S. after they cross the border illegally. And um, the, but the processing centers are all happening on the border. So Ted Cruz is saying, well, let's just move it to Martha's Vineyard and um, see, if, see if it continues. Very interesting. So um, we're going to talk about... This spending package coming up um, in the next week or two, Democrats are hoping to to pass this um, reconciliation package. What is a reconciliation package? Well, built in there, a secret clause that was kind of slipped in there could really devastate companies that don't comply with Biden's shot mandate. Okay, but here's a here's a headline: um, RollCall.com budget. Trade-offs come into focus as Democrats seek consensus. Majority aims for updated framework of filibuster-proof reconciliation package this week. The goal, Schumer said, is to get a commitment from all 50 Senate Democrats and at least 218 House Democrats, the threshold needed, hold needed for the package with Vice President Kamala Harris breaking a tie in the Senate. Despite the new details discussed Tuesday, the litany of unresolved issues remains. So Democrats are debating these these uh, details um, in uh, doing this vote that you can't even filibuster as a Republican. So um, it says, I don't know if, if it's going to be this week or next week, Hawaii Senator Hirono said Republicans who are uniformly opposed to the package welcome Democrats to take their time. But it, it, I guess it looks like this, this will pass probably sooner than later. And a Forbes article from September mentions what is tucked, you know, kind of slickly into that package. Cause it's a giant package. It's a, uh, many, many pages. So this, this article, Biden's shot mandate to be enforced by fining companies 70 to $700,000. President Joe Biden didn't just, didn't just announce a COVID uh, shot mandate on companies employing a hundred or more people. He plans to enforce it. So in September, Senator uh, Speaker, sorry, Speaker Nancy Pelosi of the house quietly tucked an enforcement mechanism into their $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, which I just talked about, passed it out on in the budget committee and sent it to the House floor. Buried on page 168 of the House Democrats' 2,465-page mega bill is a tenfold increase in fines for employers that willfully, repeatedly, or even seriously violate a section of labor law that deals with hazards, deaths, or serious physical harm to their employees. The increased fines on employers could run as high as $70,000 for a serious infraction and $700 for willful or repeated violations. So Biden is trying to put 
corporations out of business if they violate his shot mandate. $700,000 fine for repeated, which means, what does that mean? Multiple employees that didn't want to get the shot. The corporation gets walloped with a, a whopping $700,000. You better believe Southwest Airlines was twisting their pilot's arms behind their back. Southwest doesn't want to face a $700,000 fine for not forcing their people to get the shot. Meanwhile, little Texas Governor Abbott is like, hey, I'm doing a shot mandate ban, and anyone who mandates a shot on their employees is going to be fined $1,000. Watch out, Southwest. And Southwest is like, huh, do I want the $1,000 fine from Biden or the $700,000 fine uh, you know, from Biden versus Abbott's fine? Yeah. They're going to comply with Abbott or with Biden and force their people to get the shot because they don't want they don't want that gigantic fine. So it seems to me that Governor Abbott of Texas, his shot mandate ban was just a political stunt because he's running for re-election. You know, it sounds nice, but I, I, <laughs> it doesn't seem enforceable. And the airlines said, "Yeah, well, even though we're based in Texas, we're still going to go through with making our people." get the shot. So that's crazy. Uh, that's pretty intense. OSHA will go through and fine uh, corporations, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're encouraging whistleblowers within these corporations. So any of the pro shot employees who know that their coworkers haven't had the shot, they're encouraging them to snitch uh, because OSHA just doesn't have the staffing to go around to every single corporation. That's a lot of corporations. Uh, that is... I don't have it right here, but uh, I mean, it is a whole lot of people that are affected, all the the companies that have more than 100 employees. So so that's pretty intense. Um, It's just like, gosh, it's a good time to switch to supporting smaller business, or or I guess if you're, if you want people to just have the choice of what goes in their bodies or not, which... You know, bodily autonomy is something that we took for granted our whole lives. Didn't we? Um, It's interesting. All right. Have you guys seen this headline going around about Pennsylvania residents who died of the of the sickness after getting the shot? Uh, More than 500 people who died of the sickness after getting the shot. It sounds pretty um, intense. Um, but I guess that's Pennsylvania wide U S news report, uh, U S news and world report actually covered. This it says COVID cases, hospitalizations rise among people with the shot in Pennsylvania, the proportion of, of, uh, infections and hospitalizations among people who've had the shot in Pennsylvania has risen sharply over the past month. I swear I stammer so much on these lives because I'm trying to speak in code words and not say, say trigger words for YouTube. I've already had uh, two strikes with YouTube and a warning. So YouTube is like on the verge of deleting me and I'm trying to protect myself. I regained a little bit of ground with them. Um, anyway, so that's why I, that's why I stammer sometimes. How can I word this without triggering YouTube's bots? Okay, so it says the proportion of illness, infections, and hospitalizations among people who've had the shot in Pennsylvania uh, rose sharply last month 
in September, uh, reflecting the fact that a higher percentage of the population has now gotten the shot, but also likely uh, that protection has waned somewhat, state health officials said Friday. The latest Department of Health data on so-called breakthrough infections shows that between September 5th and October 4th, people who had the shot represented just over a quarter, 26% of the people hospitalized. So people hospitalized with the, with the illness, 26% of them um, ha- had the shot. They, they weren't supposed to even catch it, but a quarter of the people with it who had the illness bad enough to be in the hospital were people with the shot. Um, when the health department released its initial data, it said that just 6% of cases and 5% of hospitalizations since January were among people with who've had the shot. That was through September, but then September through October, there was this big jump where it went, I guess it went from 5% to 25% who, I mean, a 5% average, because obviously if you go back to January, of course, the majority of the people who were hospitalized didn't have the shot because almost nobody had the shot in January. So you have to, you have to weigh that in, but still there appeared to be a big jump September to October were suddenly a whole more than a quarter of the hospitalized people were people who'd had the shot. Still the majority of the people um, didn't, you know, majority of people in the hospital didn't have the shot. So, so Pennsylvania health department is like, Oh crap, we're getting bad press for this. We didn't, we didn't mean when we put out that last data set, we did not mean to say that the shot is not working guys. They, released something this week saying, look, the Pennsylvania Department of Health updated its report on COVID post-shot events, commonly known as breakthroughs, showing that the shot continues to save lives and keep more people out of the hospital. That's how they word the first sentence. They are such PR champions. Quote, what we continue to see is that the shot um, that is widely available to everyone 12 and older is highly effective for preventing hospitalizations and death, even as more post-shot cases occur in the context of more transmissible variants, the Secretary of Health said. Okay, from a clinical perspective, we expect to see the number of breakthrough cases go up as more people get the shot. Okay, so they're they're re, they're kind of rewording this and they're saying, of course, it jumped to twenty five percent. Twenty five percent of the people in the hospital are people who've had the shot, because more people have had the shot. Still, that's a lot. That's the CDC specifically said that your the shot prevents you from getting a bad case of this. It prevents serious illness and death. That's what they they told you. Like, sure, you might have a breakthrough case, but it's not going to be serious. If you're in a hospital bed, that's serious. And 25% of of hospitalized patients in Pennsylvania right now, according to this, are people who've had it. Um, In addition, more than 500 didn't make it. More than 500 people who got it in the arm ended up dying of the sickness. 
according to health.pa.gov straight from them. So look, I hope, I hope it does work. It looks like the percentages, looks like the percentages of people who are in the hospital, more people without the shot are in the hospital. So maybe, maybe the shot is working there. The data out of Israel where 80% of the people had the shot way back early in the year. So they were really able to spend some months looking at how well the shot works in a country where 80% of the population has had it. And what they saw is that it appeared, I looked at the raw data out of Israel, it appeared that the shot may have been effective early in the year. Um, In those first few months, Israel did a crazy big job of getting everyone to have it. And so, you know, around April, May, you're seeing a big dip in cases where maybe the shot was working. But by July, there was a big spike in cases. And the percentage of people who got sick, who had the shot, was just as many as the percentage of people who got sick who hadn't had the shot uh, by July. So breakthroughs were through the roof in Israel. Now, Israel is more transparent with its health data than the United States. May 1st of this year, the CDC put out a memo on its website saying we are not and we are no longer going to report all breakthrough cases. So now it's hard to make out percentages because they're only telling us the breakthrough cases that they feel like reporting to us. This is a story that I pitched to Fox when I said I was working for Fox at the time. And they're like, why are people hesitant? We don't get why some of our viewers are hesitant to get the shot. And I was like, well, the latest thing our viewers are creeped out at is that the CDC doesn't want to be completely transparent about breakthroughs. They don't want to be crystal clear about whether this brand new shot is working. So maybe we can explore that. We could talk to local health departments and see if the local health departments are still going to be crystal clear, transparent because this national health department isn't. And my bosses acted like they didn't hear me once again. And um, instead assigned um, their shot advocate reporter who, who is highly biased towards the shot to do a story on the topic, propagandizing it and um, convincing people to get it while ignoring their concerns, which by the way, when you ignore people's concerns, you're not going to persuade them. (laughs) So just harkens back to all that, the whole Fox ordeal, which is why I, you know, one of the many reasons I, I left the company. Okay, guys, now we circle back to Texas and Delta 8 THC. Texas health officials have decided it is illegal after it has been in business and touted as very legal for this whole past year or more. I mean, there are storefronts with the wording Delta 8 in the name of the store. Big wording, Delta 8. And now, out of nowhere... Texas Department of State Health Services says Delta 8, we're talking about hemp and cannabis plants here. Delta 8 is an illegal controlled substance, which could give you a felony. Yikes. 
all these people crying my body, my choice when it comes to the shot. My body, my choice means that you have the freedom to put what you want in your body or keep what you want out of your body, right? So Texas state government is saying, absolutely not. You do not have the freedom to put what you want in your body. You want a Delta eight in your body. You're going to prison for that. Delta eight is, uh, it's, I guess it's similar to T to, to CBD is what I'm told. Now CBD can ease pain and anxiety without giving you a high. It's from the hemp plant. Um, the THC part of the hemp plant is what gets you high, but a lot of hemp plants are low in THC. And so uh, they are, they're big hemp farms that have sprouted up in Texas. I mean, the, there was legislation passed in, was it was 2019 or 2020 saying, okay, we're easing restrictions on the hemp and cannabis industry in Texas. And now basically anything up to 0.3% THC, you can legally sell. And I guess the argument was, we, we think that Delta 8 products are up to, to 3%. Well, I guess it turns out they have more than 0.3% THC. I mean, 0.3% is a remarkably low level of THC. It almost has to be completely pure. Um, I actually did a story on this. When, uh, when the legislation was first passed in Texas, which opened a little doorway to have just a speck of THC in your CBD product. Um, the industry went crazy. Everyone was excited. And so I actually went out and bought a couple bottles of CBD, which is supposed to be just um, free of anything that gets you high. Okay. And it, it eases your pain. It eases your anxiety. And um, people have just reported amazing how, as far as, Guys with knee pain, their knee pain went away by either rubbing t- CBD on it topically or taking it in their mouth as, as a liquid oil under their tongue. Um, so I covered this and I interviewed people like that. And then I actually took some of this stuff to a lab. I tried one of the bottles. I tried a serving before bed and I woke up with a hangover. I was like, what on earth? This is CBD. So I took it to a lab. I tested a couple brands at the lab. For one brand, it came out as 1.6% THC, which is way over the way over the legal limit. Okay, 0.3% is the legal limit. This one had 0.1.6%. Okay, that's way way over. But get this, the second bottle the one that gave me a hangover had 20% THC. <laughs> the bottle said it had 0.3. <laughs> the label on the bottle said 0.3% THC. Uh, so it was just falsely labeled straight up. I called, I called the company, tried to call them up. They like ghosted me and ran. The company, I guess, is based out of Colorado, but they imported it to Texas. So they hid out in Colorado safely while they were lying about an illegal substance. Anyway, so this stuff had, um, you know, look, THC has infiltrated Texas, and it's another thing that's just hard to hard to regulate. But people have tried to market um, 
Delta eight to me. Look, I I'm interested in CBD. I, I honestly don't feel an effect from it. I wish I did, but other people do, but people have tried to sell Delta eight and they're like, yeah, it may give you a little high. I'm like, okay, I'm not interested, but bottom line is my body, my choice, right? If, if you want to try one of these products, a lot of people report that Delta eight has actual better, better effects on their pain and their anxiety than just pure CBD and the full spectrum sort of extract where you're getting all the nutrients out of the plant can give you better health effects, I guess. I don't know, but I think it, it, it seems like in a free society, the individual gets to decide. They do their own research and decide, right? Same with getting it in the arm. They get to decide. Not in Texas, though. Texas Department of State Health Services. Isn't it fascinating, these health departments? They think they know what's best in your arm. They think they know what's best under your tongue or rubbed on your knee. And they have decided here. Uh, it says, however, the Texas Department of State Health Services updated its website to say all other forms of THC, including Delta-8 in any concentration and Delta-9 exceeding 0.3% are considered Schedule 1 controlled substances. If you're caught with Delta-8 as much as a cartridge for vaping or even gummies, then you could be charged with a felony possession and that could, and that could be facing a two-year prison sentence as well as up to a $10,000 fine. Less my body, my choice than ever. Look, if you're going to allow the government to tell you what you can't have in your body, you better believe they're going to go so far as to tell you what you must have in your body. Okay. The government doesn't want you to have this drug in your body. They want you to have that other liquid drug in your body. You give the government an inch, they take a mile more and more of what you can and can't have in your body. Final note, Chris Brown, recording artist, calls Kyrie Irving a real hero for refusing the shot. He says, I stand with my brother, according to Billboard. So that's another huge name uh, akin to Nicki Minaj, which Nicki Minaj has like 150 million Instagram followers, one of the biggest Instagram followings in the world. And Nikki took that stand on the shot. Now Chris Brown, who's just another just giant recording artist, is coming out taking a stand as well. So it's pretty cool to see the people who are like, screw it, I'm going against the establishment. Um, yeah, Chris Brown. Uh, Chris Brown has actually said some uh, anti-Biden things too. He's, he's uh, basically said recently that Joe Biden is a wacko. <laughs> I hope that wasn't a bot triggering term I just said there. But anyways, yeah, guys. So that's what's going on in the news. There's so much to cover. I almost included now uh, more, but I, I thought I'd hold it off till tomorrow. So I'll do another live stream tomorrow and talk about this stuff. Um, and gosh, those crazy tech difficulties make me late for a nighttime yoga class. Darn it. <laughs> But I'm just reading your comments now. Um, not all federally categorized drugs are created equal. Look, 
government is not it government was never created in america to, to tell you what you can and can't put in your body that was not the founding fathers original plan okay just like they didn't want it they, they didn't want to tell you whether you should go to a church a synagogue or a mosque and they didn't want to tell you what must go in your body and what should not go in your body. That's what the free press was supposed to be there for, to educate you about research on what's best for your body and not. And then you make up your own mind freely. So, so that's the deal, you guys. Yeah, coffee with ivory or uh, San Pellegrino with ivory. This is what I've been drinking. San Pellegrino, it's sparkling water um, with limes. I actually squeeze limes into it. It's really good. Refreshing. But maybe I'll do an earlier live cast with coffee sometime. We'll see. I'm going to do a lot more of these because there's so much news to get to. And I've, I've still got to get used to the whole the, the whole code word thing. I know I trip over my words a lot during these live streams because I'm literally like double thinking like, I'm in my stream of consciousness, and I'm also like, okay, what words can I not say? That because YouTube is going to get triggered. Uh, trying to keep my account alive here, you guys. So, but yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, um, probably around five or six. I'll do another live stream, so I'll let you guys know. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night. Have a great Wednesday, and have a great Thursday tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow.